Open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1. Again, good to be here this evening. Good to be amongst God's people as we come together again to join our voices in song and lift up our prayers and to hear a lesson from God's Word. I am honored and privileged to be able to stand before you this evening and to deliver a message from God's Word. I wanted to talk tonight about wisdom. Wisdom is something that we could all use a little bit more of, right? Well, maybe not you, but maybe the guy sitting next to you probably, you know, he could benefit from some wisdom. We can all benefit from increasing in our wisdom. In fact, our Christian lives depend on us increasing in our wisdom. And Ephesians 5 and verse 17 says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. To understand how we are to live a life as a Christian means that we have to read and understand God's will for us. It's simple, but it's meaningful. There's a book in the Bible that is tailor-made for such a purpose. And that, as you can guess, is the book of Proverbs. In verse 2 of chapter 1, if you're there in Proverbs, it says, To know wisdom and instruction, to discern the, saving, uh, the sayings of understanding. Studying the book of Proverbs equips us with wisdom. Not only do we gain the understanding from the Proverbs themselves, looking at the teachings and the sayings that are in the Proverbs themselves, but it also opens us up to receiving knowledge in general. It opens our minds to receiving knowledge in general. Look over in chapter 6 of Proverbs. I'll give you an example of this. Over in Proverbs 6, beginning in verse 6, It says, go to the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways, and be wise, which having no chief, officer, or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provisions in the harvest. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And your poverty will come in like a vagabond, and your need like an armed man. There's wisdom in the proverb, isn't there? But it opens up our mind to accept wisdom in general. To look at God's word and make application as necessary in our own lives. Looking to the ant in this particular example. In the coming weeks, on Sunday evenings, I'd like to bring us some lessons from the book of Proverbs. Much like our study recently in the parables, I don't plan to look at every single proverb. It won't be a verse-by-verse kind of study. But rather, we'll look at some categories of the proverbs. And we'll glean knowledge from them based on the categories that they fall into, based on the teachings that are there. And I'm quite sure that we will benefit from this study. Not from necessarily my prowess 
but just from the Bible study itself, looking at the book of Proverbs, understanding it better and more deeply as we make our way through. So tonight, as a way of introduction, I just wanted to spend a few moments and point us in the right direction. I wanted to talk a little bit about the purpose of the Proverbs. Why are they here? Why do we have this preserved for us in God's Word? Well, quite simply, we already know the answer to that question. And we just read it a minute ago there in verse 2. To know wisdom and instruction. Part of being a Christian, as we mentioned, is to understand that there's a learning process. We mentioned in the sermon this morning about being a disciple of Christ, being a learner, being a student of Christ. means that we are at his feet learning. So the Proverbs are there to help us in that endeavor, to help us learn more about the God that we serve. But let's read a little bit more here, the first six verses of Proverbs 1. We'll go back, and it says here, it introduces the writer of these particular Proverbs. The Proverbs was Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Let's stop there for just one second and remember what it is about Solomon that we know. Solomon was a wise man, wasn't he? When we look to the writings of this man, not only the, the divine inspiration, this was a wise man. And the things that he's going to spell out for us and lay down here for us in writing are things that we can take to heart. One, because he's a wise man, and two, because they're inspired word of God. So here's this man, Solomon, and he's going to tell us a few things about wisdom. He says here in verse 2, to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instructions in wise behavior, Righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning. A man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. Proverbs are designed to make us wise. If we, if we want to know a little bit more about this, let's talk a little bit about wisdom itself. What does wisdom mean? Well, if you go to look at a definition, uh, it, it means the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. I always think about wisdom, and I don't know, maybe you've heard this somewhere along the way. I think about wisdom as applied knowledge. Now, I'm not sure where I heard that, but somewhere along the way I heard that and it stuck with me. Wisdom is applied knowledge. Taking empirical data or observations and applying that to the situations that we might be called on to act or we might be called on to make a decision or we might be called to teach a lesson. Taking the knowledge that we have and applying it that's what I think about when I think about wisdom. The knowledge is, is what we can get out of the book. The wisdom is the application. The Proverbs do that. They give us the knowledge, and they also 
exemplify the application of that knowledge. They show us how to apply the knowledge in a wise way. That's what I think about when we think about when I think about wisdom, applied knowledge. And what we can see about Proverbs is that it is rich in this applied knowledge. One of the things about the, about the Proverbs is that they target certain segments of the society. Right here in the very beginning, we see that. Look, at, look back at the list here of who's receiving these instructions. It says there, to give prudence to the naive. There's naive among us, isn't there? <laughs> no offense. <laughs> among us in general. There's those that are naive. To give knowledge and discretion to the youth. Certainly that's a segment of our population, those younger than us. Children who are coming up in the world. The Proverbs give them knowledge and discretion, helping them to understand and use good judgment in the decisions that they make. It says that to, the, the Proverbs give learning to a wise man. Now there, there's something to think about, isn't there? Learning to a wise man. What does a wise man have to learn? That's to the point of all this, isn't it? There's always learning to be had. Always learning to be made. Even the wise man can benefit from the Proverbs. To give wise counsel to a man of understanding. Similar, but a little different, isn't it? A man of understanding. Maybe he has the, the knowledge, but maybe he needs to be counseled. Maybe he needs some counseling in the application of, of that knowledge. And that's what the Proverbs are here for, to help in that. All levels of people can benefit from wisdom. Thus, all levels of people can benefit from the Proverbs. There's something about wisdom that we can classify. There's certainly lots of classifications. But there's two ways that we can get wisdom. One is through personal experience. The things that happen to us in our lives, in our own lives. That's the personal experience. That's where we can get wisdom. We gain wisdom in this way, typically by trial and error, don't we? We try something, that doesn't work, we change the plan, we scrap the plan altogether. Trial and error. What has worked and hasn't, what has worked and what has not worked in the past. And this is not necessarily a bad way to learn. I mean, we do it all the time. This in and of itself is not a bad way to learn. But we can waste a lot of time and maybe even endanger ourselves if we solely rely on that kind of learning. I think about... Um, Airplane incidents, airplane crashes. You know, the NTSB, National Transportation Safety Board, comes out and they do this lengthy investigation of why planes crash. Why do they do that? They do it so they can learn from it. They do it so they can learn if the pilot made a mistake, if there was some kind of mistake in the instrumentation, some kind of mechanical deficiency or malfunction. And what do they do? They spend months doing this and compiling the data. And they put it all together in a report. And that report gets distributed out to 
other pilots who are working in the world. And they read those, and they see where this pilot made this mistake, or this instrumentation caused this, and the, air, the airlines come and they change that. Pilots learn from the mistakes that other pilots have made. And that's the other way in which we get wisdom. And that's through demonstrated experience. We can look at what others have done and learn from it. We can either do what they did, avoid the mistakes that they made, or if we're really silly, we'll <laughs> go in and do the same thing they did, expecting something different. Demonstrated experience, learning from what others have done in the past. But this requires that we heed the advice of those who have already had that experience. Sometimes that's hard for us, isn't it? That's hard for us sometimes to do, to rely on others, rely on their experience. But it can be very prudent. And in this way, we don't have to waste time with trial and error. Someone's already done that. So let's look at what they did, take that, and learn from what they have done. Apply that in our own lives. That's wisdom. We can analyze it, look at it, learn from their mistakes. Saves us from making the same mistakes, doesn't it? Saves us from making that same mistake if we were a pilot, as that other pilot did that caused him to crash his plane. And that's one of the points I often make about the Old Testament. You know, the Old Testament is there for us to learn from the mistakes that others have made. We looked at this morning in our typology class. We hadn't got to the application part of it yet, but we looked at the children of Israel coming out of the land of Egypt, coming out of bondage. They made mistakes along the way, didn't they? And Paul's going to point to that in 1 Corinthians 10 and use that as a way to say, you Corinthians, don't make these same mistakes. Here's what happened to them. God was not well pleased, and a lot of them fell in the wilderness. Don't make that same mistake. Use wisdom. Apply knowledge so that you don't make those same mistakes. That's why the Old Testament, one of the reasons the Old Testament is so important. We can learn from the mistakes that others have made. And a wise person will seek out that knowledge. A wise person will look to learn from the things that others have done in the past. Look over in Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4, verse 1 and 2. It says, Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father, and give attention that you may gain understanding. For I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. Here's Solomon saying, Listen to what I have to say. Hear the instructions that I'm about to give you. Why? Because I've had experience in this. For the young people in our audience, it's hard to listen to mom and dad sometimes, isn't it? Go do this. Why? Because I told you to. But there's instruction in that. A wise parent will instruct their child and tell them how they ought to live their life and bring them up in the proper love and understanding. A wise person will seek out this kind of knowledge. We can think of a proverb, or the Proverbs, as a repository of godly wisdom. 
One thing to think about, as we mentioned, these are divinely inspired words of God. There are lots of proverbs out in, in the world, lots of sayings. Shakespeare, Mark Twain, they all have their kind of quips and proverbs and proverbial, Confucius. All those things that are out there in the world, some of them are, you know, pretty wise. But the ones that come from God are the ones that will serve us best. People have come before us and put these into practice in their own lives and wanted to serve God the best that they can. So they have looked to the Proverbs and they have molded their life according to this kind of knowledge. That's an example for us as well. How many of you, when you think about Proverbs, think of Proverbs 31 and the woman that's described there in those passages? The godly woman, the virtuous woman. None of you in this room knew my late wife. But when I think about Proverbs 31, and when I read Proverbs 31, I think about her. Because that's the way she tried to live her life. And she was wise in doing that. She was wise in taking God's word and trying to live her life like that. To live her life as a godly woman. And to engage in the things that are mentioned there. We can learn from that as well. What better source of wisdom is there than God Almighty himself? James chapter 1 and verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. If we're seeking out knowledge... What does Solomon say about endless writings at the end of Ecclesiastes? Wearying to the body. I read quite a bit. Try to average a book a month. It doesn't always work out that way, but try to. Sometimes maybe two books a month if I'm really ambitious. That's fine. It's a good way to exercise different parts of the brain. But if I want to seek out godly wisdom, I don't need any other book, do I? I don't need a commentary. I don't need someone else's um, inspired, the newly inspired version. I don't need anybody's um, think so on what God's word says. All I need is a good English translation. And I can understand what God's will is for me. As I mature and my life circumstances change over the years, I can make more application and deeper application but I don't need anything else but God's word. Something else that's imperative in our pursuit of wisdom. It's imperative that we have a clear understanding of the nature of God. Look back there in Proverbs 1. The first part of verse 7, what does it say? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. To fear God is to be in awe of him. It's also to feel dread and terror. And it's also to have respect for him. All those things are included in fear. 
You think about the children of Israel when Moses goes up to Mount Sinai to receive the instructions from God. They were fearful. They feared God. And that's okay. He deserves that. He deserves all of those aspects of fear. And as Christians, we don't need to lose sight of that. I think sometimes that we can. Sometimes we can think of God as, and not have the fear that we need to. Matthew 10 and verse 28, our Lord says, Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Does that strike fear in you? It does me. When I think about that, about a God, the creator of all things that we see, has the ability to put me to death. And not just my body, but my soul also. That's fearful. That gets me close to feeling what the children of Israel felt, felt there at Mount Sinai. In Philippians 2 and verse 12, remember how we are instructed to work out our own salvation? With fear and trembling. A Christian is not immune, or should not be immune, to the fear of the Lord. So when we come to Proverbs and, and see this here in verse 1, or verse 7 of chapter 1, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The proper, reverent, Understanding and appreciation for God is essential in our walk as a Christian. And there is no excuse for ignorance when it comes to serving God. There is no excuse. And that's why it's essential to grow in our wisdom. The second part of chapter uh, 1, verse 7, tells us about those who are ignorant. It says, fools despise wisdom and instruction. Those who are ignorant are what? What does the proverb, what does Solomon say they are? They're fools. They despise wisdom and instruction. This is the opposite of what we should be as a servant of God. A person who has no regard for godly wisdom has no regard for God. And sadly, their fate is sealed if they don't make a change in their life. In 2 Thessalonians 1 and verse 8, Paul writes there about his mighty angels dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and do not obey the, the gospel of our Lord Jesus. There's some more of that fear, isn't there? If you don't know God, your fate is sealed. No one escapes it. Retribution to those who do not know God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So as we're going through the lessons and, and deepening our knowledge and our appreciation of the God that we serve, let's don't lose sight of the fear that we're supposed to have for him also. Understanding his power and what he holds in his hand. To be pleasing to God, he has told us that our wisdom needs to increase. We need to be serving Him. We need to be 
understanding him more each and every day. I'll take the opportunity to plug the Bible reading again. We've started this year with a, a Bible reading program. There's still copies up here on the front row if you'd like to have a copy. Where you have a, a list of, uh, of scriptures that you read each and every day. And you can check off the list as you go through. That's a very simple way to gain in your wisdom and your knowledge for the Lord. By simply reading God's word. And that will help you to grow closer to him and appreciate and understand him more. A better understanding of the Proverbs will go a long way to increase our wisdom. We're going to look and see in these writings that there's wisdom. There's knowledge in the writing, and it opens our mind up to receiving wisdom in general. I hope this series of lessons will be beneficial to you. I hope that you will grow in your appreciation and your thirst for knowledge. You know, one of the things about in my own studies is that the more I study and the more I read, the more I want to read and the more I want to study. It's kind of one of those vicious cycles. But that's healthy, I think, in that my, my thirst is quenched, but it grows a little bit more every time. So it takes more and more to quench that thirst. And that's okay. I hope that your appreciation will grow like that as well. And I also hope that you will grow in your fear of the Lord. Giving him the proper honor and respect that he deserves. He deserves our respect and our honor and our service just simply because of who he is. The creator of all things. And not only that, but he has redeemed us back to him. Man has sinned. We fall short of his glory. But he's put in place a way that we can be redeemed back to him. And that's through his son and our savior, Jesus Christ. If you're not a child of God, you have the opportunity to become one. To enjoy in the fellowship of being a child of God. And as a child of God, if you are already and you aren't growing in your knowledge and your appreciation for God, make those changes necessary to do that. We're still early in this new year. Make the proper changes in your life to increase in your knowledge and your appreciation of God. Take care of that privately. If there's a public nature to your shortcomings and you need to make that right, you can do that as well. Whatever your needs might be, you can let them be known by coming forward as we stand and sing to encourage you.